The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Echet Yebamot has been dedicated and sponsored by our dear friend, Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife, in honor of his uh, family and Hatzlacha, Varvacha, Bechol Maasiyadav, maybe Zocheh. To raise his children in the ways of the Torah, they should give him much nachat. He should have many more children with health and happiness. And he should have bakol mikol kol him and his entire family. Amen. Today's half is being studied. Today's half is being studied. And Yosef ben Sarah. In that affair of him, in that affair of him, in that affair of the nefesh, for the goof. For time, can you buy the bomb? Mechen Yirason Velomar. Amen. We begin today's daf on Kufiyutet Amud Sheni, and we are six lines from the bottom. We are starting with the words Nityabemu Umetu Ayebamin Asurim Lenaset, which means we learned in our Mishnah we had a case of two Yebamot, which means those are two sisters in law. Of course, they're married to two brothers, right? And each one respectively came and testified that met Bali, that their husband died. Now just like the Lacha says, when they testify that the husband died, they're allowed to marry to the Shuk, they can marry based on that testimony. So also they are allowed to fall to Yibum. So we're talking about over here, well let's say they were four brothers. She is the brothers that these two sisters-in-law were married to. And then you had two other brothers, and therefore when both of them said, met Bali, so therefore subsequently they may fall to Yibum. Based on their own testimony, not relying on the testimony of their Yevama. Because as we learned earlier, that really the testimony of a Yevama is not accepted to testify for a sister-in-law, because we said that there is a sin'ah, there's a certain animosity that they have, and therefore the testimony is not believed for one another. But here we're not relying on each other's testimonies, we're relying on their own testimony, they said, met Bali. And then what happened? And then the Yibamim died. So now, Asurim and Nasir, they're both forbidden to get married. What's the logic? Because now you have a chance that maybe there's another Yavam alive. Now you're only relying on that case, on the testimony of the sister that said, Mitbali. Now that testimony is affecting the sister-in-law. Because if the guy's really alive, so now already she cannot go to the shuk, she has to make a yibum. So there, and subsequently the other lady as well. So therefore in that case the Mishnah said, Lo And then the Mishnah continues, Rabbi El-Azhar Amar. He came along and said, Once already you matir her. To marry the, the Yibamin, like in the first case, they married the Yibamin. So even though the Yibamin died, it's permissible they can marry the Adam. So the Gibra analyzes, which is what's the reason why we will matir Yibama with the Eidut of Yibimta. Well, what's the reason? Normally we don't accept. So the Gibra says, two sides. Is it because Mishum de Kasavar Salam Mi'ida Lahaberta? 
do we say that a co-wife can testify for a friend? Now, even though this case is really not a co-wife, this is really a yivimta, right? There's two sisters testifying for each other, but the Kabbalah is calling this yivimta over a tsara. So does he hold really that what? That we don't go with this animosity year rule. But you really hold that the yivimta can testify. And therefore, they can testify for each other. That Tosfot points out, what does that mean? It means that Rebbe is arguing must be on the Mishnah that we learned in the last Pedic that says, Hamisha Nashim and Me'idim. Right? Five ladies cannot testify in each other. So Rebbe must argue. So Tosfot asks, how come the Rebbe didn't say anything over there? Well, waiting now till the next Pedic for him to discuss uh, Asad to say that we don't go with the animosity rule? So Tosfot says, because um, over there the Rebbe will agree. Because in that Mishnah, all she was doing was testifying for her for So when it's solely for the Yivama, so then already, we, the, 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 we, we, even the Bilas will agree that they are pursued for testimony. But over here, their testimony affected themselves. Because what? They made a edut, right? For themselves, met Bali, they put the fall to Yibu. So in a case where the testimony directly affected themselves, so then in the Bilas is going to say, we waive the Adamasin. If you look at the Tosafot, the Tosafot on the bottom, Right, that's the question. I come in and argue in the last period. Go right to the answer. Right, I want to see solely coming to testify on her friend. Maybe really, I'll tell you, she's not the imminent, and uh, Yevama cannot testify for her sister because he goes with the animosity rule. Also, why over here is Tina imminent? Mishum dihi lo mekalkela nafsha. Because she is not going to spoil herself. What does that mean? She's not going to spoil herself, which means she went over here and did a maaseh. Based on the fact that she said met Bali, what did she do? She went and fulfilled the Rizav Yibum. Didn't she fulfill Yibum with the first uh, Yavam? Now, she's not going to go mekalkel herself once she fulfills the Rizav Yibum, because if she's lying, she's now putting her in the predicament of Isukaret. Because now you already have a situation of Eshet Ah. So therefore the logic is really normally, we wouldn't believe a Yibama to testify for her Tzara, for the Kowa Yibama. However, in this case, over here, since already she did a Maaseh, she did an action, what was the action that she did? She went, she, she, she made Yibum. And therefore, Isha no mekalkela nafsha. She's not going to mekalkel herself. She's not going to lie to the extent where she's going to put herself now in uh, in such a predicament. So therefore, maybe we believe her. So the Gemara wants to know the mind of Kamina. What's enough Kamina between the two answers? Which means, what's the nafkah between the answer? The first answer is what? They don't go with the animosity rule. Second answer is no, she goes with the animosity rule, but in this case where she did a ma'aseh, so she's not going to be mekakel herself. So the Gemara says, le'ansube le'tsara mekamedidah. Right? Which means, can the tsara get married before the one that testified? If you say that the tsara, meaning in this case the ivama, 
is able to testify for for a uh, uh, friend, for a kohai, for a koyibama. Even though she didn't get married, doesn't matter. We're not going with her having to get married. We're just saying that what? There's no animosity, and therefore she can testify. However, but if you go with the Sibra, says, no, she's not going to spoil herself. So then, in only if she got married, then you can already marry off the Yivama. Uh, However, so that would be a nafkamina between the two reasons. So comes the Gemara and says, "My." So what's the what's the side? Which means the Gemara presents the two sides, presents the nafkamina, and now the Gemara is going to say, "Well, what side is uh, accurate? Is it because she doesn't go with the animosity rule, or is it because ishalo mikalkelan nafsha, and therefore dafka uh, when she got married, then will be matidi yevamasa?" Gemara starts. Tashema. Rabbi El Azar Amar. Rabbi El Azar said, That was a direct quote from Al Mishnah. Let's get the language of the Mishnah accurately. Since we were Matir, the Yivamot, right? To go with the Yivamim, once we Matir them the first time, so Rabbi El Azar says we Matir them when they die to go to the, uh, to the Shuk. So the Gemara says, Ey Amar Mishnah. Right, you can explain the logic is what that she's not going to be mekalkel herself. That's why the Mishnah goes out of its way to say once we matir them to the yevamim, which is master, they went with the yevamim. So therefore, she's not going to mekalkel herself based on our testimony. Therefore, we believe on the gaber. However, but if you're saying that what is no animosity, what is the Mishnah to say since they went with the Yivamim? Even if they didn't go with the Yivamim. Bottom line, if the testimony is believed, there's not to go with the Yivamim. Must be the reason is why, because since she got married, do you hear from the language of the Mishnah? Because the language of the Mishnah was what? Which is Mashma what? They, they went with the Yivamim, it's Mashma. That's why we're going to matir them when the Yivamim die, we'll matir them to the Shuk. Because she's not going to mekalkel herself. We can trust her when she said that met Bali, like a bit even Haverta. So the Gemara says, no, you have no, uh, no Diyuk. So the Gemara says, no, Rabbi Al-Azal al-Divrehem ka'amar lehu. Which means, Rilatay Rabbi Al-Azal holds that right, he doesn't go with the animosity. Which means he holds that whether she got married or whether she didn't get married, it doesn't matter, the testimony is accepted. Oh, so what does it mean in the Mishnah? So the Gemara says, he's talking l'shitat hachamim. It says like this, Lady D, going to be, Tsaram Ida, Lakabirta, Ve'afal Gav, Zelo Insib. She's to get to, for me, a Tsaram able to test, I mean, a Yevama, is able to testify for her co Yevama, and even if she didn't get married, why? Because I hold that there is a, able to testify. Oh, Mensimina, and therefore, you're able to marry off the Yevama, right? According to her testimony. Ela Lidid, who? But according to you, that you come along and say what? That she's not the eminent. 
So at least admit to me, oduli miat, admit to me at least, the echad, the insif, where the Yivama got married based on a testimony, we should to get married as well. Why? So that's what he was talking in Shitat Hakamim. But the Dide, he also, the Yivama can testify in totality. So, oh, what is the rabbi's logic? Why did they rely on the Eidut of the Yivama, even in the case where, let's say, she got married? So they based it on the Sevanav, Tamut Nafshim Pelishtim, Ude Kavda. What's Tamut Nafshim Pelishtim? Which is the story of. Shimshon Gibor, when he was uh, bound, they tied him up, they gouged his eyes out, and they tied him up by the poles over there in the great uh, stadium. So what happened, he went and he, with his strength, he pushed the beams and the entire stadium collapsed and it fell on everybody, everybody that was inside, mm-hmm. including Shimshon. But Shimshon's logic was, I'd rather die as well, so long as I kill with me, and I take down the Pelishtim. So the, 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 the Rabbanah will say that this lady over here, even though she says, Medmali, right? Really, I'll tell you, she's lying. And therefore, we don't trust her, the of the Yibama. We're not going to matir her to the Shuk. I mean, she went herself, and she, she went with the Yavam. Doesn't matter. She's saying, I'll spoil myself, I'll kill myself, just in order to spoil my Kowa uh, Yivama. And therefore, Tamut Nafshim Pelishtim, that's the Shita of the Hakamim. Tashema. We have a Braita. Ha'isha she'alcha hiyu ba'lal medinat ayam. So what's the case? Let's say a lady went with her husband to Medina Amra. She comes back and says, Med Ba'li. Right, she comes along and says that her husband died. Like we learned, that she can uh, get married as well, she can receive her Ketubah. Okay? So now comes again when it says, Vesarata Asura. However, the Sarah is not Ne'emenet for the co-wife. Which means she's only believed the Gabe herself. But she's not believed the Gabe, the co-wife, because we say what? Again, there's a Sina over there. That what? She wants to be Mekalkel. So comes again when it says, Bilazar Omer. Bilazar came along and said, Ho'il vehutra hi, hutra name Sarata. Which means, once already, she was matir herself, so therefore, she's matir also her tzarata. Which is mashma, even though she didn't do a ma'asay yet. It's mashma, once already, she potentially was matir herself. Because once she says met Bali, she's off that she can go get married. So once she was matir herself, she can also matir her tzarata. So you see the savanah of Rabbi Azar is what? That she doesn't have to do an actual... Ma'aseh, even the fact that she was matir, that's already potentially enough. So comes the Gibran says, no. Read it, no. Not only was she matir herself potentially, she did it. She got married. Oh, when she got married, she did a ma'aseh. So therefore, that's why he's believed, she's believed the Gabedi Sada. Comes the Gibran says, wait, you're coming along and tell me what? That according to Bil Azar, she has to get married. And by getting married, that shows us that what? She's not going to kill her uh, tzara because she doesn't want to ruin herself, right? So therefore, it's the biggest proof that when she gets married, that's the biggest proof. So the Kabbalah says, there's no proof. I can give you a case. I create a scenario where she gave a testimony that, uh, about her husband. And what? She went and she got married. And still, she has sinister plot. 
Still her intention is what? To spoil the tzara. How is that possible? So the Gemara says, Veli'ush, let us suspect, Dilma bikita atai. Which is maybe a husband really didn't die. Maybe really the husband gave her a divorce. And therefore since she got a divorce, so from her standpoint, she's allowed to go get married. And therefore she's permissible. So why did you say met ba'ala? If her husband really gave a divorce, why is she coming to the Betty by saying, Met ba'ala? So Gemara says, Lekalkela letzara hi mechabdena. Which means she wants to osir her tzara to the husband. Which means she is really permissible to go and get married. Why? Because really she received a get. However, a card tzara is not going to be allowed to get married. Because really, this guy is... Uh, uh, really, he died. Which means really, there was a get. He's alive. And therefore, he's going to be mekalkel the tzara. Look at Rashi's language. Dilma begita atai. If you tell me that what that is logic is not because the tzara is able to testify, right? The whole logic is why she's not going to be kalkel herself, and that's why she's believed. Let us suspect. That maybe really why she got a divorce. But when it comes to betting, she hides a get. Then what does she say? So what did she gain by that? Uchdesh t'naseh gam sarata. And once she says ben ba'ali, what's going to happen? Now already the tzara is going to get married. V'i lo mekalkela. Right? Because she got a get. The bishlama b'matniti. Now, go back to Amishtana. She's trying to avoid a question. The bishlama b'matniti hekadnit yabimu. Right, the case of the Mishnah we had was what? We had the two uh, sisters-in-law, they ended up making a Yibum, right? In that case over there, we're not going to suspect that what? That when she says met Bali, she's really, really lying and really there was a get. In that case of the Mishnah, we do not suspect that. Why? Because even if you're going to say there was a get, she's going to ruin herself. Why? Which means, in the case of Yibum, where she married her brother-in-law, so therefore she's going to kill herself, no matter what she says. So therefore, in that case, we're going to believe her when she says, Met Bali. Because we're not going to come along and say, no, she really said, Met Bali, even though it was a get. Because bottom line, she, bottom line, she got married to the brother-in-law. And therefore, it's bottom line, it's a cuckoo. So in that case, we're not concerned about the, her fooling, uh, the lying. But in this case, over here, where a lady comes along from Medina Tayyam, Right? And she comes along and she says, what? She says, Met Bali. Oh, so now I should be concerned. Now don't tell me that, well, what do you mean? But she's getting married. So that's the biggest proof. She would not be kill herself. No, maybe she's not be killing herself. Which is maybe really what? There was a divorce. She got divorced. And therefore she's able to get married. So therefore her marriage is no indication that really she's telling the truth. Because really she's trying maybe to spoil the... Because what's going to happen? That Sarah is going to go now and get married. Really the guy's still alive. And therefore she's still married. And therefore what? She's going to become a surah to the, to the husband. So therefore you have no ra'ayah. Even when a lady says, Mit ba'ali. 
it's still no proof. Even when she goes and gets married, it's still no proof. How can you say to me, that when she goes and does something in Maaseh, according to her testimony, that's the biggest proof because she doesn't want to make her kill herself. According to the way we're setting up now, it's possible that she can get married. She's not making her killing herself per se, but she's still intending to make her kill her. Sada. <coughs> so the Gemara answers, Wow, Kabbalah admits to this. You're right. If she would marry a Yisrael, you're right. Because you really have no raya. However, Here the case is where this lady that came along and said, She went and she married a Kohen. So that's the biggest indication what? If she was a divorcee, obviously she cannot marry a Kohen. And therefore, from the fact that she went and married a Kohen, that proves to us what? That she'll be in the imminent. Not only for herself, but she's the imminent even for the Saddam. That she, the insee of the Kohen, the ate ba'ala, umivayel lavoye gita, mifsela Kohen vinafka. That's right, which means she's not going to spoil herself. Because really if there was a get over here, so now she's going to be a surah to go with this Christian. She's going to have to leave her husband. So she's not going to spoil herself. So therefore we must believe when she said met, really he was indeed met. And therefore she is permissible not only to testify for herself, but she's believed the Gabedi Sarah as well. Gamaran goes further. Actually the next Mishnah. אין מעידין אלא על פרצוף פנים עם החותם. Now we discuss when the witness is going to come along and testify that, let's say the husband died. So we have to discuss now what type of testimony is indeed a valid testimony and accepted. I mean, what does they have to see exactly to testify that there was indeed a death? So the Gemara says, Mishnah says, you can only testify on a parzuf, that's a face, panim, with the nose. It seems that a face without a nose is not a good testimony. So that she says, because maybe it's not the guy. Which means even though, let's say, he has simanim on his body, or let's say on his uh, clothes that he's wearing, on the vessels that he has, that was already not a siman. The simanim on his body or the simanim in his clothes, that's no proof, and we'll see why not. If everybody knows this is the guy's shirt, or the guy has a certain uh, mark, why shouldn't that be a uh, legitimate uh, siman? We'll see in the Gemara. En mi'idin for a testimony to be accepted, they have to actually testify that they saw Yitziat Nefesh, that they saw him actually expire. The Afilu Ra'uhu Meguyar, even if they saw Meguyar, what is Meguyar? So that she says, Lashon Gudu Ilana, Minutah Umale Pitsaim, Vahaburat Herib. They see he was lanced, which means they saw they took a spear or sword and they lanced him. So even though he sees he's punctured, that's not enough. You have to actually see the actually it's Yanis Shamaf. He just comes up and says, oh, the guy was all, uh, you know, punctured, and he was hemorrhaging. That's not enough already to testify. Visaluv, or they saw he was hung. 
say he was ravaged by a wild animal. In Mi'idin. Which, that's not enough. Which means, period. They're not believed until he actually sees Yitzhak HaNefesh. Next deen in the Mishnah. In Mi'idin, Elahad Gimel Yamin. Furthermore, one can only give a testimony within the first three days from death. Why? Imra'ur, as she says, Betul Gimel Yamin Limitato. What happens after three days? They're worried the body starts to decompose and starts to change. And it's not the one change that they think it is. And therefore, you only have three days, within three days. The Baba comes on and argues. Not everybody is the same, not every place is the same, not every time is the same. But the Gemara is going to analyze, is the Bihudah coming to say, that's less than three days, or he's really giving you more than three days. As she says, There's certain people that start to swell up after death faster than others. Adam Shamin. Someone says fat. In certain places, hotter places that causes quicker decomposition. Or you have certain times of the year that it's hotter, and therefore, we're going to discuss what the BU, that was coming to be Mahmir, in less than three days, even or even more than three days. We start the Gemara Tanu Rabbanan. We have a Braita. So let's say they found the guy dead. So what happened? All they see is what? His forehead. But the face is not uh, visible, it's mutilated, so they don't see panim. Or the opposite, parsuf panim, they're able to see his face, the features, velo padahat. Which means, but his forehead, let's say, Hatha Shalom was destroyed. El mi'idim. They cannot testify, imahotem. So you need panim and padahat with the hotem, with the nose. Amar where do you notice from that what that the panim is the ikar testimony? Because we have a pasuk. Pasuk akarat penehem antabam, which means the uh, face, the, 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 the showing of their face, antabam, which means to prove them, to see who exactly they are. Ababar marta, do ababar minyumi, abab maskebe de bereshagalut azuzet, which means the reshgalut, they were going after for money, which means they wanted to take uh, money from him because I guess he owed them the money, so they're going to the rabbi to get the money. So what did he do? <laughs> he didn't want them to recognize him. So what does he do? Aite kira. He took for himself some wax. Dabag biblita. So he put it in a uh, like a cloth that was balui, like a worn out uh, cloth. He put the wax on it, and what did he do with the wax? Dabag baapute. He took it and he placed it on his. He walked by the Rish Galut And he did not recognize him So you see what? When a person's forehead is covered up 
So even though the rest of the features are there, it does not cause a person to be recognized. And that's what happened in this case over here. The Gemara just bringing you a proof that the padaha, that the fire is key in the uh, inyan of the testimony. Tosafot just points out over here, Akarat padim antabam, Perush sarich padahat shel penehem nachi mighty aikera dektiv akarat penehem antabam demashma se sarich akara levad mina panim, which means akarat penehem. Besides penehem, you need a akara. How do you have something extra besides penehem? Must be referring to the padahat. The padahat is the way you give the uh, the recognizing. <coughs> Comes the Gemara and continues. This is the top to support quickly. In Me'edin Elad Pratsuf Panim, Ve'en Me'edin Elad Gimel Yamim, Perush Mishum, the Misham Ba'ilach Mishtadneh. Okay, after that already, the body starts to change after three days. Amir ben Utam, Dan Udafka, Kishen Sham Elad Pratsuf, Aval Kol Gufo Shalem. אפילו אין כאן פדחת בחותם ניכר הוא היטב על ידי סימני הגוף ועוד דשמת דווקא בסימנים הוא דקה מלאכי אבל ידי טביעת העין ניכר היטב על ידי סימן הגוף כיוון שיש כל גופו ואפילו לאחר כמה ימים which means the three day rule over here תוספות gives a כלל that's דווקא כשאין שם אלא פרסוף which means that's only טוב let's say he loses his Facial uh, features, but the rest of his body, let's say, is intact. The, the face started to go. But if his whole, if his whole face, if his body is shalem, even if it has that facial features, you can recognize him still, because the body can also be an indication. And there's certain, let's say, telltale signs, not the signs in the Mishnah, but telltale signs on the body, even after three days, that still can be used as a uh, testimony. Especially if he's uh, if he's recognized even after. Then Tosfot continues. Let's say he wasn't attacked or wasn't hit in his face. But if he was hit in the face, then you have the three-day rule, Tosfot says. Because when he's hit in the face, then already it starts to decompose uh, quicker. So then Tosfot is coming along giving... The klalim over here, when it comes to the three day, we'll see it in the halakha momentarily, exactly Tosfot's uh, rule, the halakha. Comes the Gemara and continues. Good. So we said what? Even though there's telltale or there's signs, not telltale, but signs, for example, you see what type of clothes he's wearing, you see what type of uh, kelim that he's holding, no good. That's not a siman. Gemara says why? The Memra, you mean to tell me that what the Simanim love the Oraita? Well, you tell me that when you have signs, it's not the uh, Oraita, which means we know, for example, when it comes to monetary, guy lost an object. What's the way you return an object? What's the Simanim? Well, so you tell me this law of returning lost objects when it comes to a uh, 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 guy giving a Siman, you tell me that's not a, uh, a sign, the uh, Oraita? So, Kamara questions. And Gemara says, 
Urmini, we have a contradiction. What's the case? The case we're talking about a person, let's say, that brought a get, right? Bring a get for his wife, and he lost the get on the way there. Now, what happened? The get was subsequently found. So now we don't know if this is the get. Maybe it's a different guy with the same name. Maybe it's a different lady with the same name. You don't know if this is the actual get that was written. However, you found over there in a place where you can give assumption that it belongs to this guy. How? You found the get. How? Oh, you found the get was all wrapped up bikis by in a certain. Um, like a bag, next to the guy's wallet, with his ring, his signet ring, or let's say it was found, let's say, next to his vessels, let's say his clothes, even if it's found, let's say, uh, much time after the uh, get, kasher. It's still kasher. Why? So you're being matir already, simanin to matir and eshet ish. Which is not only when it comes to mamonot by aveda, but where it's going, because you can tell me, maybe I'm over lenient, you know, but this is already erva. Uh, and therefore we're not going to rely on simanim over to matir a lady to go get married. I say no. You see by the case of getin, that we're relying on this uh, get that you found ben kelav, to say what? It's Mr. Ma, this guy's, and therefore he can already give the get, and therefore she's considered a divorcee, she's muteret lashuk. So the question is, how come an Amishtahit Tami Simanim are not considered a valid uh, uh, testimony? So comes the Gemara and says, Amal Lakasha. No question. Which means the Braita that's Matir by Get, that's calling like Rabbi Lazar bin Mehabai. That says what? Simanima actually the Oraita. The Mishnah that doesn't go with Simanima is going like Shitat. The banan. What's the she taught? Kamara says, Detanya, we have a braita in Me'idin ala Shuma. Which means we cannot give a testimony on Shuma. What is Shuma? Shuma is like a type of wart or a type of um, skin discoloration or mole that's on the dead man's body. Which is a guy who says, I know that this is this guy that died. How do you know? Uh, he has a mole on this part of his body. That's not considered a uh, testimony. The B in the Ayaz bin Me'abayomer Me'idin. The B says, No. You see, you give a testimony on a simam like that on a gufo, if a testimony considers that you can marry off his wife. So Gabriel says, My What's the Mahogan Banana be Azab bin Mahabai? More Sabar, meaning the other Mahabai says what? Simanim de Oraita. And then, since the Siman has a status de Oraita, we're going to Matir even uh, the slave to get married. Umor, and the other Rabbi says what? Sabah Simanim de Banan. That Simanim have only a status of the Banan, and therefore what? We're not going to Matir Ishat Isha. So we find the Mahlokat Tadaim over that what? Are you being holding Simanim de Oraita or not? Gibran says, Amarava, Ravazana Abaye, no proof. I can tell you like this, the Kule Alma Simanim de Oraita. I can tell you, Ben the Bilaza bin Nabai. Ben Rabbanan de Odadwat and Simanim are indeed the Oraita. Oh, so then why don't the rabbis Matir Shuma? Kamara says, Aga Bishuma Mitsuya Ben Gilo This was a mole that was common for people that were born at that time, under that mazal, that they were all born in that period of time with this mole. 
So therefore, was a common uh, common mole of the generation. We'll call it. So therefore, that's how we're machloket now. Mor sabar shuma mitzuyah b'megido, and therefore it's not considered a siman. Umor sabar b'azamin b'avai says in a mitzuyah b'megido, and therefore, it, even though let's say. Other people have that mole, it's still considered a simat. If it was a telltale sign, everybody agrees simanim deoraita. That's not a mahlokan. Yeah. Ah, so what's the mahlokan over here? The mahlokan over here is, do you consider a mole of a ben gilon? Everybody had the same sign, and it was considered telltale or not? That's the mahlokan. The ikat amri, someone to say, hachab bishmas shalishtanot. Oh, we're talking about a, what type of mole over here? A mole that's able to change colors. It changes its look. Le'acharmita. Which means, when the guy has the mole during his life, it's one uh, size, it's one look. After he dies, what happens? The mole now is able to change colors. That's the mahlokan. Mor sabar, which is the rabbi say, And therefore, since Asriya Lishtanot, it's not considered a telltale sign. Mor sabar, the rabbi says, And therefore, what? It is considered a telltale sign, and therefore, everybody still agrees that simanim are indeed the oraita. Comes the Gemara and says, V'ika de Amri, a third interpretation of the Mahlokan of Bilhazar and Hachamim, Amaravadikud Alma, simanim de Rabbanan. Oh, which is really, I'll tell you, that simanim are only mit Rabbanan. Which means we had a pasuk, really, we had a pasuk that the Gemara learns in Baba Metziah. The pasuk says when you're returning a lost object, it says, any lost object, but it specifies simla. Now why would the Torah specify simla? Is it a part of kol avedat ha'icha? So the Gemara said that a simla has a sign to it, which is everybody can identify these signs. So anything that has a sign is also subject to return. That's how you do it. Simanim is the oraita from the word simla. Rabban Kalim says no. Could be that they use the word simla for a totally different derasha, not for uh, simanim. And therefore they hold that really simanim is only a derabanan. Oh, so then the question is ve'aga b'shuma siman muvhak kabepalge. The question is a shuma, this mold that the guy has on his body, isn't considered like I'll say a siman muvhak or a a, a telltale. Sign, which is a shiva. Forgot to spin the banan. You're right. You know, spinning normally is only with the banan. A siman ki hai, but such a evident siman. Some hidden afilu. I should do right. Could be we could be mekel even the gabe. I should do right. That's the balogan mod. Come and pick a mod. Sabah. I mean, Rabbi Azab and Rabbi says what siman muvak. Because yeah, I agree. All the generally speaking, simanim are the banan, but such a siman. That's already a telltale. That's already obvious. And therefore, even such a siman is going to be matira to get married or sabar, love siman muvak. And therefore, since it's only with Rabbanan, therefore you cannot matira to get married. Oh, so the Gemara says, Ulaak lishna de amar that says simanim de oraita. Oh, according to the Shittot Aysar above, that simanim are indeed de oraita. And that's why, what? When there's a mole on the guy, you matira to get married, which means there's a sevarat to say, and the only mahlokan is because maybe it's asurishtanot, right? And, uh, or maybe because bengilo, but generally speaking, simanim are de oraita. Oh, so if Simanim are to go back to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah's case was what? They're coming to testify that a guy died. So when the Mishnah said, if you find this Kelim, or you find he has a Simat, no good. What do you mean no good? I understand by a mole, we gave Hanukim. Good. That's why a mole. But other Kelim, you see the guy's clothes. The guy's wearing his shirt. You know his shirt. 
Or the guy has another siman, it's kilima there. Why does the Mishnah say, Enan is not believed to testify on such simanim? I, if you hold simanim is indeed the oraita, if you hold simanim is the rabbanan, I understand. But if you're holding it's the oraita, like the first two answers, the Chaurah, we have to understand how Mishnah, why simanim are not considered. Valid testimony. So Gemara says, "Unach l'shtad amarabam simanim do'laita ketani afar pishes to manim gufo bekelav." So Gemara says, "Gufo, you know what the case of simanim gufo? De aroch vegots, which means they didn't give such a good sign on the man. They said he's tall or short. That's not considered a telltale sign, which means he can't give a, a, a testimony. Say, so, oh, I proved the guy. We know the deceased guy was a tall guy. This guy's tall." Yeah, that's a good for. That's not considered a, a legitimate siman. That's she's second line. Lo sim lav simanim do right. Arok vegots tall and short is not considered simanim. Oh kelav. Oh, what about his clothes? If you see the guy wearing his clothes, you don't have to stay in the guy's uh, shirt. Kebara says chayshinan l'sheela. Uh, we're concerned that maybe the guy lent out his shirt. And then, well, you know the guy, let's say, has this uh, special uh, shirt, okay, special style shirt, right? You go down the street, you see the guy lying on the floor dead, and you see the guy's shirt. So right away, come on and say, I know it's the guy. How? He's got this special shirt. Maybe it's somebody else over here. Maybe the guy who is really alive, and he lent the shirt out to somebody else. And then when the guy's wearing it, so you're testifying on the wrong guy. So therefore, you have no ra'ayah when it comes to Kareem. Hayshinan l'she'ira, the Gemara says... Ah, we learned by the case of the get, but what do we say by the case of the get? We said by the case of the get, if let's say you have the uh, kedim and things like that, <coughs> that are next to the uh, get over there, so that if you say simanim are, they were right, then we consider it a legitimate siman. So you have to say over there that that's the type of kedim that you don't lend out. Obviously there's, there's kedim and there's kedim. Like the Gemara is going to give certain types of kedim that people do not lend out. So you have to say that when kedim can be a siman potentially, when... So long as the kilim are normal kilim that nobody lends out. Okay. Like the Gemara is going to say, for example, a ring. Nobody's going to lend out their ring because you can start signing uh, documents with that. Therefore, you can get them in trouble. So therefore, the, if, if the kilim is not the type of kilim that uh, you, you, you lend out, and you hold simanim is the oraita, and the kilim will be matir shadish. But sheikh is the type of similar to a shirt or a type of bigot that they do lend out. Therefore, you might have the wrong guy. Comes the Gemara continues. Oh, the haishina and the she'ela. If you tell me this new factor, you you tell me the she'ela factor. You tell me that uh, we, 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 we're concerned that one guy might uh, lend out his garment. So it's kelim hamor b'simane ukaf hechimadirinan, which means we have a rule that if, let's say you find a hamor, right? I mean, find a donkey. So what's the din? The din is you come along and you return it to the simanim. So the guy comes and gives a siman what legabedi ukaf, okay, by the uh, the saddle. Well, who says maybe the guy it's not his hamor, and therefore maybe he lent out, he borrowed the, the saddle from somebody else, and therefore you were turning the hamor to the uh, wrong uh, guy. So once already you tell me there's a she'ela factor, so it could be what this guy you, you're gonna come and say, oh, I know this guy, this guy's a donkey over here. I see the ukaf over here. You know what? Return him uh, the donkey based on this ukaf. Who knows? Just because you see the ukaf of Mr. A. Could be he lent it to Mr. B. It's really Mr. B's donkey. He'd give somebody else's donkey to this guy. Based on the ukaf that he lent to him. Oh, but the deen is what? You do return based on the ukaf. So what's the, what's the, what's the logic? So the Yavara says... Lo shayle inshe ukafa. People do not lend out the saddles. 
Why? It causes pain and blemishes to the hamor. Which means it's got to fit right. So therefore it seems when you switch hukas from one hamor to another, it doesn't fit right, therefore it causes it sad. Therefore when you see a hukaf, when a guy comes along and says, hey, that's uh, my hukaf, you give him the donkey. You know, it's his donkey. You know, it wasn't uh, lent out, and he's not taking somebody else's hamor. Oh, comes again, what on says, what do you mean we just learned above? Mitzah, which we just gave the case of what? The case of the get. Right? You found the guy who was going to give a get to his wife. He lost it. Right? So now the witness come along, they found the get in the, uh, in the mix over here. Next to his ring, next to his clothes, next to his uh, 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 vessels, his wallet. Uh, and how do you give the get back to this guy over here, according to his simanim? Maybe it's really somebody else's. Maybe he lent all these items to somebody else. Right? And you have to come along and say, what? That, that somebody else also has the same name and all that. Therefore, maybe it's not his gate. And don't be mirai. What, what is he doing next to the guy's wallet? What is he doing next to the guy's ring? Maybe he left it out to somebody else. So Kazakh says, no, these items, we're not concerned. One at a time. Tabarat Hayish Liziyufe. A guy's not letting out his ring to anybody. Why? Because he's Hoshir now for counterfeit. What do you mean counterfeit? He's going to start uh, either, he'll copy it. Now, once you have the guy's signet ring, it's like an open check. The guy can sign the documents now and uh, tell people what to do. But really, is that uh, that he didn't authorize? So no one's giving out their ring. When it comes to lending a guy's wallet or his bag, he doesn't do it. Why? Because it's like a, a superstition that when you lend somebody your wallet, you're giving him your mazal. And therefore, nobody wants to give their mazal away. So therefore, no one's lending anybody a wallet or their purse. And therefore, no uh, they're not going to lend it out. Right? The Gemara doesn't answer Kelav, that's why we sort of tap to Safot, because it just answers over Anniki, and it answers uh, uh, Kis, and it answers Tabat. But the case also was Kelav. Ah, I thought we said Kelav is closed. Closed people do lend out. So Tosfot said you have to say it's a type of Kelly that we're talking about that you don't lend out. That's what Tosfot was answering on the top uh, Tosfot. How come the Gemara is answering Kelly? So you have to give that Hanut that it's different types of Kelly. There's some that you do lend out, some that you don't lend out. Because the Gemara continues, I can give another answer, which means, really I'll tell you, Simanim are Deoraita. Right? Like uh, we said above in the name of uh, Rabba. Oh, because when he was right, what do you do with the Mishnah? Our Mishnah said that you don't rely on Simanim to marry off a uh, lady, right? That says, Meh, there's Simanim without enough. So Yomara says, Ibaitima, Kelav, Behevre, Vesumke. When he came along and said, I know his Kelim, he's giving a Siman, not on the style of the Begit, but he's given the Siman on color. 
which means the guy comes in and says uh, he was wearing a, a red shirt, or it was a uh, a blue shirt, or a white shirt. So the Gemara is coming along to say that color is not considered a siman. Because you have a lot of uh, uh, different uh, begadi for all different other colors. According to this answer, really I'll tell you, maybe people don't lend out their garments. And therefore normally that their garment would be a good siman. Oh, so why is it not a good siman over here? Because he's not coming along to say the style of the clothes that he was wearing. He's coming along and saying, well, I know this guy's red shirt. The guy was wearing a red shirt. Red, red shirt, that's not, that, that's not already considered as you. That's not considered a uh, siman. Okay? That we don't rely. A lot of people have different type of color clothes. We go back to the Mishnah. What was the case of Meguyad? It's all speared up. Right? It's all punctured. And uh, that's not considered enough. says, the Meguyad Hayeh Oh, you mean to tell me that somebody saw Punctured up is going to live? Because that's why we don't trust his Tesla Because you're worried that he saw him Punctured up He came along and said uh, The guy's dead And the concern is Don't believe Because maybe the guy's going to make, uh, make his way out of it So come on, is that so? Can a guy that's all punctured up And lanced Can he live? Alright, what well, we need We have a uh, A question Adam Eno metame is when this tumah set in, and a person, person is considered Aviyah about the tumah. When does that tumah manifest? So the Gemara says, Adam enu mitmah until he totally expires. Afilu meguyad. Even if he's meguyad, vafilu goses. Even if he's on his death, but he's on his last breaths. He's not going to have the ability to become Tameh, but the Gemara says, We're making a duke, but he's not going to live. What's the point over here? Which means, do I need a statement to come and tell me that as long as the guy's alive, he doesn't uh, exude Tum'ah? Pasut. The Hadush is like this. Even though you know that this guy is going to die, meaning he's a Goses, or let's say he's a Meguyad, so the Hadush, even though Vadai is going to die imminently, he's not Mekabel Tum'ah until what? He dies. But what does that show you? That a Meguyad is going to die. So therefore, when this guy comes on and testifies, I saw the guy Meguyad, so by the time he testifies, and by the time they marry the lady off, the guy's for sure going to be dead. Uh, so why don't you uh, believe? Why is it not considered a legitimate testimony? Yeah. No question. Which means, that Mishnah over there, that's Mashra, that a Meguyad cannot live. Is going according to the Shita of the Bishvom in Hazar. And our Baraita, or our Mishnah is going like, the Tanya, we have a Baraita, Be'idin Alam Meguyad. She's the Tanya over here says that you can testify on someone who's Meguyad that his wife can get married even though they did not see Yitziat the Nifis. Why? Because according to this Baraita, a Meguyad cannot live. The end, Be'idim Alas Saluf. But someone that's hung, a guy that's hung, Oh, comes along and says, even on a Meguyad, you don't believe. Why? Which means he's able to do a procedure called Kiviyah and thereby live. Now, what is this procedure of Kiviyah? 
So the Mefarshim uh, explain over here that what they do is they take something like hot and they right they cauterize or that spot over there and therefore it stops the bleeding and therefore like can be out burning burns the spot over there and therefore it uh, it stops so therefore it's possible for a guy that's biguyad uh, to, to live so that's shita of bishom and alazad so then it comes out we have a machloket the Tanakhama really said what miadim. A big guyad kadosh. You have to say that really. I go back. Right. You have to say that our Mishnah is the bishop of Odmin and That when it said in Meidin al Biguyad, because we choshet the guy maybe did the kibiyah procedure and therefore is able to live. The testimony is not considered legal. Comes the Gemara and continues. Umi matzit leuchmek and Mishnah Lazar. Well, I mean, could you establish our Mishnah like Rabbi Shimon Razar? Why not? Back in Tani Sefa, we have at the end of the Mishnah, coming up, Ma'aseh Asia. Asia is the name of a place. Be'echad shlilu dayam. That a guy, they lowered him into the water with, let's say, a, uh, a rope. Okay? Ve'lo alta biyadam el al-laglo. Which means when they tried to... Reel him back up from the water. The rest of his body remained in the yam, and now all they took up was uh, his leg. So that means it snapped off. So now they want to know: could the guy live or not? He's in the water now without a leg. So what I says, So they wanted to analyze how much of his leg came off. So they said, which means, if already from the knee and upward, which means from the knee and upward towards his thigh, if that's already was cut off, there's no shot. He cannot swim, he cannot float, and therefore he's going to die. However, if let's say he still has some his knee. And uh, down, so then already has uh, uh, at least that much uh, left, then already the deen is, We're not going to let his wife get married, because you have to assume that what? He's going to live. Oh, but if according to what you're saying, that we're going with the Bishimon bin Al-Azhar, and he comes along and says that the guy has this procedure called the uh, Kibiyah, so therefore even if, let's say, the leg was cut higher, he should be able to be okay, because probably can stop the hemorrhaging. Mm-hmm. Basically, according to Mishra and Hazar, there's a way to stop hemorrhaging. So, Mali, if a guy was lanced, or Mali, if the guy's leg was cut off, bottom line, it's the same type of death. He's going to bleed to death. But if there's a way to stop the bleeding, so therefore, even in the second part of the Mishnah, even where the leg was cut off from the Arkubah al-Bala, she should not be permissible to get married, because maybe the guy is still alive. That's what I said, Shani Maya. Water is different because it exaggerates the wound. Which means whenever the wound is, it becomes worse off when it is the water, and therefore he's not going to be able to do that procedure. That's why, you're right, outside of the water and the khanamin, no problem, maybe he did the kibiyah process, but in the water itself, since it um, exacerbates it, it makes it worse, so therefore, Merzeh makes it worse, more difficult, so therefore it's going to be. Uh, uh, we cannot uh, assume that he's alive when the Arkuban above is missing. There's no way he can heal himself. Oh, the Gemara comes along and says, Haziri's I saw. There was a certain Yishmael, certain Arab. 
the Shakir Safsira, he took out his sword, he went and he chopped off the legs of his camel from the Arkuba and up. And immediately the camel, he was in the middle of braying, and he wasn't even able to finish his uh, sounds that he was making, and he died. So what do you see over here? That when a person's leg gets cut, he was out of the water, the camel. Ah, if you tell me over here there's a possibility of... Uh, of Kibiyah so why, why did the animal die? I thought this was still possible the, for the animal uh, to live and it must be what? the Kibiyah is not an option even out of the water right? the camel died he died instantaneously there was no proof that camel over there was a weak camel and therefore you have no ra'ayah uh, to this which is the majority of people are considered weak and therefore you can assume that what? that if this uh, happened to be outside the water they were able to heal themselves then you're not going to be able to marry off their uh, wives but she this hamor that was killed or this camel that was killed you have to assume that was uh, weak Rabah <laughs> comes along with a different answer what is Rabah trying to answer? Why in our Mishnah it says a biguyad? You don't assume that he uh, died. So the Gemara says besakin milubenet. We're talking about how did the guy get biguyad? How did he get lynched with a hot knife? Which the knife itself was boiling hot, and therefore with the Vrakol, which is everybody's going to agree over here that what he's going to live. Which is, when did the rabbis argue and the bishop and the Hazar? That's talking about when the guy's lands with a regular knife. Regular knife, no shot. But I can tell you, Amish does going to the Vrat Because what's the case? It's talking about when the knife was already hot. And therefore, can it air when his lands, the heat of it, right, causes it to stop. And therefore, there's no hemorrhaging. And therefore, everybody's going to agree that the deed of Amishnah is correct. What we learn in our Mishnah, if you see that he was ravaged by a wild animal, that's not already a good testimony. Amar of Amar Shemuel. Lo shanu eda b'makom she'en nafsho yotzah. Makom she'nafsho yotzah me'ayin. Which means, the only time you don't testify is when you see the animal ravaging him in a place where the Nishma doesn't leave from. For example, you see, let's say he attacked his leg. He attacked his leg, so they have no idea that he died. But if you see, he attacked his heart. He's on his chest. Well, you know, the, 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 the life is telling him the heart. Therefore, once you see him pounce on his heart, you can assume that already he died. So even in the Mishnah, when it says you don't trust the animal, it's only on body parts that the, 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 the nephesh is not talui. But if the nephesh is talui, man, it's already considered a good testimony. Let's say you have a guy, he went and uh, his throat was slit. Somebody slit his throat. Now we know there's two simanim. You have the kane and the veshet. Okay? So now what happened, he slid both simanim, both pipes. Or the majority of the pipes. Now if the guy got slit, what did he do? He ran. You saw that happen, you could testify. Because there's no way the guy's going to make it for too long. Once already they cut his the pipes, or even the majority of the money, uh, already a little high, and that was considered a legitimate testimony. Comes the Gemara and continues. Here we have a contradiction. That guy went to his friend, he started, let's say, to Semanim. 
רוב שיניים. יס. ורבז, ורבז ואמר, so he's still alive, the guy. So he gives a hint, כתבו גט לאשתי. Two before he died, he doesn't want his wife now to fall to Yibum. So therefore he wants to give his wife a divorce, he's still alive. So do me a favor, Maria, write a gat for my wife. הרי אלו יכתבו ויתנו. Which means you don't have to be a חושש that the guy's going to die before the gat is given. You can assume that what? They'll get the gat to the lady before he dies. So, so the Gemara is assuming what? That really he's going to live. Really he lives. Which means that he's alive now and he can live uh, a certain amount of time to get to get there, but he's going to die. And therefore, by the time they're going to let this lady get married, so anyway, we have the Allah that says she can't get remarried until she waits anyway for three months. So for sure, the guy's going to die in that interim, and therefore, you have no problem to meet his wife in order to get married. Comes the Gemara continues. So you tell me over here that when a guy is slaughtered with simanim or of simanim, he's going to die. We have a case of Ganut. The guy kills his somebody, Bishogig. So the deed is what? He has to go to in Miklat. He has to go to Ganut. Now, the Gemara is going to tell us that when a guy, Bishogig, let's say he had a knife in his head, the knife fell on his uh, friend's neck, and the Simanim were cut, so the deed is he does not go to Ganut. Why not? That's the deed of Galut. That's when you go to Galut. He dropped the knife by mistake and landed on the guy's neck. Throws the money and you assume the guy's going to die because that's what we said. Guys, go to Galut. What does it say? Allah matanya sawali. We learn in the Brayta. Shachad shenai morav shenai mareze. Eno goni. Even if the guy ultimately died, you don't go to Galut. Which is what's the logic? Because she assumed that maybe he died from external. Fact is, maybe he wasn't the the slit that killed him. Maybe he did it to himself or external factors. What could be the external factors? So the Gemara explains. Gemara oh, So therefore, the Gemara says. So what do you mean? So therefore, you see that what? It's not the not going to die. Because if he was going to die, but they would go to Galut. So the Gemara says, "Oh, really? When a guy they slit his throat, eventually he's going to die." So what's the reason why he's patur from Galut? Which means it could be that there was wind over there, and once already he got the slit, so the wind over there affected him, and therefore he died because of the the wind factor, right? In a I can tell you the answer. Shema iu mitato. Maybe he himself brought his death. Because as a result of the wound, he started to shake violently. And with all the shaking and the jumping around, so that brought upon his death. And she says, She's the only time you go to Galut if the, if the Rotseya was the cause of death. But in this case, if it came because of the Ruach. And maybe, by the way, if there was no Ruach, could be the guy, would not die. Or if the guy would not be Mifarkes, could be without that. So it was the Pirkus, it was the shaking that caused it. So the Gemara says, what's the Nafka Minah between the two answers? Which is, what's the Nafka Minah if it was the wind factor or was it the shaking factor? So the Gemara says, my Benayu. The Gemara gives two Nafka Minah. The Shachateh Bebeta Desheshah. Let's say he 
killed him, this, the murderer killed him in a marble house. What are you saying, a marble house? Where there is no wind. So the wind factor is off the table because there's no wind in a marble house. It's solid. Uparkis. No, what? He shook uh, violently after he was screaming, couldn't control his uh, shaking. And therefore, he's the one that brought the uh, mita upon himself. I think it's going to be patur. But according to the wind factor, it's going to be hayab. Because there's no wind. So therefore, you brought the death by uh, killing him. What's the other so he killed him outside where there was wind but what? he did not shake so according to the shita that says what? that it's the wind well you didn't kill him it was the wind that did it but according to the shita that says it's perkus he wasn't a forget it was going to be hayav okay that's she that's why there's no wind. outside in the midbar with his wind, and he did not be So therefore, what the galut. You have to be the one that caused the death to go to Galut. So therefore, if it's any other fact, which is he brought it to himself, so therefore he's not going to go to Galut. But Linyan, what? Death. Guy's going to die eventually. And therefore, there can be a testimony, when they testify that what? There was no Simanim in the Shrat, the guy's not going to make it. Therefore, the testimony is good because eventually he's going to die for one reason or the other. We're not looking for Galuta. We're looking for this guy going to die or not. The guy's going to die eventually. By the time the lady wants to get married, and therefore we accept it as a testimony. Let's just look at some of the halachot that come out of this daf uh, that we just did. Some of the halachot we're quoting now from. which means, even say, but you know his clothes and things like that. We're concerned that maybe the clothes were lent out. This is not the guy. Even if he had, let's say, physical signs on his body, let's say the mold on his body, however, however, Let's say he had a disfiguration or an extra limb on his body, which is really a telltale sign. Short or long, or white or red, meaning color of clothes. Maran continues. Which means he has a special uh, type of nose. Which means it's it's crooked, or he has, let's say, a siman on it. Have a siman muvak. So that's already considered a siman muvak. Aval, shinaim gedolim. Let's say the guy has big teeth. Aval, pishi gedolim arbe, lo have siman muvak. So you cannot identify by the teeth itself. Maran continues 
in Yud Zayin Chavtet, and Mi'idin al Adam Shemet, Ela Kishnau Kishemet Vadai Ve'en Bo Safek. Kesad, what's the case? The Gemara is going to discuss this case later on, but we're going to read it now. Kesad Ra'ush Nafal Go Ba'arayot. He saw four to the lions then, Ve'nemirim or leopards. Ve'chayotzeh Bem En Mi'idim Alav Shemet Ayuri Avim. Maybe they weren't hungry. Ve'lo Achalatu. It's coming up. Kevan Chumakom Now it's a wide area, so therefore you don't assume that what they killed him. Avalim Nafal Lachafirat Nachashim Baklamim. If he fell, let's say into snakes and scorpion pit, Shusar. It's a very narrow place. Mi'idim Alav. Why? When he falls into the pit, he smashes them. And he agitates them. What do they do? They're going to bite him. And therefore, We don't assume that maybe a miracle happened like Daniel that he got saved. And therefore, he can testify that he died. Let's say they saw him hung. Right? And they see the birds eating him. Even though let's say they lance them with the spears and swords. But if they see the lance in a place where his nefesh leaves him, okay. We see that's only talking about when he's on dry land. But if he drowned in the water, then the water spit him up back on dry land. Even after a couple of days, not even opposite. The water preserves it because it's cold. And therefore the water is able to maintain, the, 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 the coldness of the water is able to maintain, their, to preserve the face. So if you have to, after three days, you still recognize him, it's okay. We have to wait really to see all this is really coming up from the next, uh, from the next Gemara. No, you'll see water, is the, the water, you know, he said, when there's a Makkah, it makes the Makkah worse. But the preservation of the body, the water preserves the body more. Now she over there was talking about a makkah, which is worse. Okay, let's just read this over here. Okay, the last halakha we quote is from Harabam in Elchot Rotsayach. Which is immediately. You assume that maybe it was for external factors. Maybe did it himself. Maybe the wind went into the wound. They killed the doctors two simanim out. And he stood up after a little. But let's say, you know, for a fact, the guy did not, the fuck, he didn't shake. Let's say there was no wind. Like a marble house. Which is, you know, for a fact, that there was no wind, that there was no shaking. Baruch Allah, Amen, Amen.